0: Hello, and welcome to Regeneratively Speaking, a podcast brought to you by the Wake Forest Institute for Regenerative Medicine in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I'm your host, Bonnie Davis. In each episode, we bring you interviews with guest researchers and our own institute faculty covering the latest cutting edge research in this exciting field of science. Today at the Firm podcast studio, we are welcoming Dr. Amy Leitner. She's an associate professor of colorectal surgery at the Digestive Disease Institute of the Cleveland Clinic. Um, She's been here with us today, um, meeting with lots of folks, and gave a great seminar about her research. And we're just gonna dive right in and have uh, Dr. Leitner uh, tell us a little bit about herself.
1: Thank you, it's been really a great day to be here. I have met with a lot of uh, really fantastic scientists. The work here that's being done is really quite impressive. Dr. Atala has certainly done a wonderful job growing this whole center. So it's a really fantastic place. Um, So a little about myself. I grew up in Coronado, California, which is an island off of San Diego, and was really lucky. It's a beautiful place to grow up. I've never (laughs) heard of that place. That sounds excellent. It's beautiful. And then I went to undergraduate at Stanford University and majored in human biology with a focus in sports medicine with the idea of wanting to go to medical school to really become a clinician scientist. Had a lot of interest in doing science and doing research and being able to teach and um, have my own you know, science laboratory at some point and didn't really know what I wanted to do clinically. And when I went to medical school, I ended up I had a really uh, fortunate opportunity, actually. I was doing some volunteering at the Children's Hospital doing this bedside reading program, and there was a cardiologist there and an interventional cardiologist who I started shadowing, and he was doing a research project um, in children, actually, with a Fontan operation for some condition they were born with, and I got to start following them around doing research and following them in clinic, and then I got to the operating room and really came to appreciate how much I loved the operating room and loved surgery. So really kind of fell in love with the surgical path. And then I went to a surgical residency at UCLA in California uh, and did a postdoc in stem cell biology at Stanford University during my residency training. And then went to Mayo Clinic for fellowship and stayed on uh, staff at Mayo for three years before moving over to Cleveland. Wow,
0: that's so interesting. It's always so interesting to hear people talk about you know how it can just be something that almost seems kind of by chance that sets right. you on a course for your life.
1: It's definitely um, by chance. Yeah. The people that you meet, right? That exactly. inspire you along the exactly.
0: way. And I wondered, um, you know, it sounded like, with your education, you know, you you definitely were focused on medicine, and you and you had that mindset, but, like, how far back did that go for you? I mean, were you someone who, like, not as far a back. kid, you were like, I'm going to be a
1: doctor. No, as a little kid, I thought I was going to be a writer, actually. Oh, yeah? So I thought I would be a teacher at some small liberal, liberal arts school and you know, write on the side and spend my summers, you know, next to a lake writing books, but uh, <laughs> that did not happen. So the medicine thing really actually came after... It really became the people that I met, and I had the opportunity to kind of join in that research project and start doing some shadowing and really just kind of fell in love with medicine. It was really inspiring to see these little kids who were born with a congenital defect and be able to watch them have a really miraculous recovery after an operation. So it was really inspiring to see how you could really touch lives, I think, in a unique way, and so that's what really drew me to medicine. Mm-hmm.
0: Tell me a little bit about how you've gotten into um, the area that you're focused in now. So for the audience, I'll just tell them that um, today's seminar, the title was How Regenerative Medicine is Changing the Management of Inflammatory Bowel Disease. So what, what led you into this?
1: path. So when I was at uh, Stanford working on the postdoc, I was actually looking at liver disease. I thought I wanted to be a liver transplant surgeon at the time. This was early in my residency. And we were differentiating embryonic stem cells into hepatocytes or into liver cells and then putting them into livers to see if we could regenerate and cause liver regrowth. And... When I left and went back to residency, and my path kind of took me down again. People that inspire you. There was a colorectal surgeon that really inspired me. And he really had a passion for inflammatory bowel disease. There are young patients. They have ulcerative colitis or have Crohn's disease. It's a really morbid disease. It really affects their quality of life, and the peak age of onset is early. It's in teens, 20s, and so they have that forevermore. and they're on these chronic immunosuppressive um, drugs, and they undergo surgery after surgery, and we still don't understand what causes the disease. We still don't know. And when I went to fellowship, so I ended up going down the path of colorectal and wanting to focus on inflammatory bowel disease. And when I went to fellowship at Mayo, there was an investigator working on uh, stem cell therapy for perianal Crohn's disease. And so it was really by fortunate chance that when I was at Mayo, this investigator, um, Dr. Bill Fabian, who is a pediatric gastroenterologist, was working on this study, and he was working on it with some of the adult colorectal surgeons. And they let me partake in the study and really start to learn a little bit more about how we could use these stem cell therapies in inflammatory bowel disease. So it was really a unique chance to be able to take all those things I had learned from the lab in liver and apply them to IBD. And then from there, it just sort of took off after that first trial I started uh, my own lab and then we started looking at other trials we could do in the same space. I started working with the Center for Regenerative Medicine and so just kind of one thing after the next, that's how I got involved.
0: That's really cool. Lots of fortuitous things Yes, that have exactly. come together. <laughs> come together. <laughs> yes. So um so as a surgeon but with this research bent um a couple things that I read about you um for what you're trying to do is that it almost sounds like you kind of want to put yourself out of business and do not have to do surgery.
1: Mm-hmm, that would be great. <laughs> um, no, I think it would be better for the patient. I mean, in all honesty, we'll always have surgery that to do. Um there'll always be patients that need to be treated, but Um, In general, the less surgery we can do, the better for the patient. I mean, we've gone from maximally invasive, big open surgery to laparoscopic surgery and robotic surgery. And the whole premise behind that was less invasive, right? Patients recovered faster. They do better with uh, minimally invasive techniques. And the same idea if we can actually keep them out of the operating room, then even less potential morbidity. So. If we can come up with ways to treat patients and keep them out of the operating room, especially these young patients that, you know, this is a chronic disease and we're not curing their disease with an operation. Or in Crohn's, we're not curing their disease. We're just removing the symptom source. And so if we can keep them away from the operating room, better for them.
0: Right, right. Um, So can you talk to me a little bit about um, who some of the inspiring people along the way have been for you?
1: Yeah, so... In the very early, <laughs> early days, um, I had a coach in middle school and high school. I played water polo and then played Division One when I was at Stanford. And my high school coach was, you know, one of these kind of – uh, very stereotypical, you're in the pool at 4.30 in the morning, you're in the pool after school, you're doing video. And he's kind of like what the coach that you make the movies about, right? wins every state championship in men's and women's for 20 years, which he did do. Um, and he really instilled kind of this idea of work ethic and this idea of, um, you know, time management and really, the, really just the idea of finding a passion. Like find a passion, and if you're passionate about something, you will be good at it. But if you're going to do it, give it 100%. Don't just kind of go at something part way. So I think he really instilled that. Um, And then when I went to undergraduate, like I said, I had that really fortunate opportunity to work with that pediatric uh, surgeon and pediatric cardiologist who really kind of inspired me to go into medicine. And then when I was uh, a resident, that one colorectal surgeon, um, Dr. Sack, who treated a lot of inflammatory bowel disease, just... The care that he gave to his patients and um, the way with his patients in the operating room, fine attention to detail, really focusing on their outcomes, uh, was really kind of unique and really drew me into colorectal. And then when I went to Mayo, I really was fortunate to work uh, with Dr. Eric Dozois and Dr. John Pemberton, who are big kind of giants in our field and people that were really revered and people I had looked up to all the way along. And both of them just phenomenal teachers. Excellent with their patients, and so I really got to learn from them.
0: That's great. It's always nice when you can have those experiences yes. with people, and, and, and then you, know, you hope that you're able to pass
1: give back on. and emulate that. Yes, exactly.
0: exactly. Have you had any aha moments in your lab with your research? Anything that, um, or maybe like something that you figured out by um, a quirky happenstance or a uh, something
1: unusual? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so I think that one thing that we've been looking at is that mesenchymal stem cells are really different from each each patient, really. So uh, if you harvest stem cells from one person, it might look entirely different from another. And for our clinical trials, we had harvested cells from multiple different donors and wanted to look at the variability. We thought there might be some some variability, but look at what would be important for Crohn's disease specifically. And I was really surprised when we were characterizing these cells from different donors and looking at things like increasing certain types of T cells or certain types of macrophages, how much variability there was and how there's actually two of the donors of the 15 really stood out as at least in culture in vitro, that drastically different results than the other donors. So it just really highlighted to me that in order to kind of optimize these clinical trials, we really have to come up with a unique set of donor criteria, I think, for each disease state.
0: What do you like to do when you're not in your lab or in the operating room? I know you have uh, families, I some do. obviously are spending time with them, but what, what do you do to recharge yourself?
1: So, I have twins, uh, Avery and Walker, who are six, a boy and a girl. So, we do a lot of stuff together as a family. Uh, We go swimming together a lot. We go on hikes, bike rides, do puzzles, play games. My Walker loves Legos. Uh, But outside the kid activity, which consumes the majority of the spare time. (laughs) My recharging, I still love to swim. I love to be in the water, um, especially, you know, outdoors this time of year. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. So it's really being in the water, swimming. We go to a lake cabin in the summers. I get to do the same, swim and water ski and Mm -hmm. be out in the sun with the family. That
0: sounds great. I wanted to ask you about um, being a female doctor slash scientist and – what advice you would give to uh, your younger self, Mm -hmm. um, knowing what you know now, you know, that hindsight aspect of things.
1: So I think a couple of things. I think that, you know, medicine and, and in general things are changing and there's more and more women going into medicine, more women certainly going into surgery and more specifically colorectal surgery, which I think is a really great thing. I think that there were, um, there was a point in medical school where I was discouraged from going into surgery because I was told that I had a lot of outside interests and that I met one children and surgery is a very hard life. And... I decided, you know, I'm just going to pursue that path. And if it doesn't work, I can always change it. Or if it doesn't work, I can go half time or whatever it is, right? But I can find another thing. But I think that uh, you make it work. And I think you find the job that works for you. And I think if you're doing something you love, then that comes out. And I think that you then get to pass that on to your kids that they can do anything that they want to and they can do what they love. And I think that, uh, you know, it's challenging. Surgery is definitely a demanding lifestyle, and sometimes your patients have to come first. It's just the reality. Um, But I think that you just learn that, you know, you make compromises. So sometimes I compromise at work, sometimes I compromise for my family, and somehow you find the right balance. And one thing I've really tried to do is that when I'm with the kids or when I'm home that the cell phone page or computer go away and I try and just be present and at work the same thing like when you're at work just try and be present so wherever you are um, be present in the moment because it's not always the time necessarily with the kids but it's more you know how you approach that time right. and so that's worked for me but I think I, I personally think if you can give back and you can have a passion that that's great and modeling that to your kids is great. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we're almost uh, out of time, and I just wanted to um, just give you a chance to share um, anything from whichever aspect of your research or your career overall that you think our um, listeners might be interested in.
1: I just think that um, I think regenerative medicine is a really exciting field. I think we hear a lot about stem cells in the media, good and bad, actually. Um, But it's really, I think, changing the landscape of medicine, which I find really exciting. I think it's a novel therapeutics. It's a different way of looking at medicine. It's thinking about regrowth and tissue regeneration rather than pharmaceutical, you know, trying to fix symptoms. So I think that there's... A long way to go. We certainly have um, many rooms for improvement, but I think that we'll see a lot of clinical trials coming out in the future that will really help patients. So it's an exciting time, I think.
0: It really is, and I'm not even a scientist, <laughs> but I'm in the field, and I love it. And it's so it is exciting to, to see the different things that are happening and the advances that are being made. So. Very cool stuff. All right. Well, that's it for the podcast today. And we want to thank our guest, Dr. Amy Leitner, for joining us and sharing her uh, time and expertise with us. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. That's all for this episode. Be sure to listen next time for the latest in regenerative medicine. This podcast is a production of the Wake Forest Institute for Regenerative Medicine, part of Wake Forest Baptist Medical Center. For more information, visit our website at www.wakehealth.edu WFIRM or follow us on Facebook and Twitter at WFIRM News.